If you are listening or watching this, you are part of the resistance, and that means you are in the resistance base because the base is open. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is Star Wars News Nets, the resistance broadcast. I'm John Hoey. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are new to the podcast, welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. We love to have you. The base is always open. So tell your friends, bring them along, because we've been noticing a lot of new people popping in these days, and we're really psyched about it. Uh, we have a great show today. This is our uh, news-based show, where we run through a lot of the latest you know, official news or rumors or stuff going on with upcoming Star Wars projects, from the movies to the live-action shows to the books and all that stuff down the pipeline. So let me bring him in right now. James Bainey, Lacey Gillerin. Guys, how are you? Are you happy that the base is open? <laughs> I am happy that the base is open, actually. Normally, <laughs> I'm not, right? I always have some sort of weird complaint about the base being open. The base being open, yeah. But it is good because, like John said before, I think um, I think for whatever reason, like in the past like week or two, we've had an influx of new listeners, and yes. that is great. So yes. I want to give a shout out to all the people at Google and YouTube. Thank you. For, for whatever reason, like showing people our stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Lacey, sure. are you having a, a good week? I am. I'm officially the weirdest on the podcast. I thought everyone should know. I want to thank my parents uh, <laughs> for right. bringing me into this world. And for you guys for voting for me, it means so yeah. much. I worked so hard for this. I've never known someone who <laughs> wanted to, who would want to win that poll harder than Lacey, but she was like campaigning <laughs> to be the weirdest. And she yeah, it's because like last week, like something happened to her and she's like, I'm really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and she like went with it. <laughs> oh, it's man. Like, I don't even know how weird I am. It's like my brand. <laughs> well, let me tell you guys something right now. What? All right. Okay. Um, I did, as James said, we have had a lot of new people joining us on all different platforms. So whether you're listening to us now on Apple Podcasts, and uh, we've seen a lot of people giving a review. If you're interested right now, we are running a little bit of a t-shirt campaign. If you want to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts and screenshot your review and tweet it to us at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N with hashtag rate the resistance, we're going to enter you in to win one of our t-shirts. Um, from T Public, it could be a Make Solo Two Happen shirt like I'm wearing right now. If you're watching on YouTube, we have our Supreme Leader shirt, Gary the Porg, all bunch of designs. Most of them designed by Mr. Bainey over here. Um, and uh, do it, yeah. Leave us a review. It helps us out and it enters you into win a free T-shirt. So win, this win, is, win. This is a good contest to enter too. If you're like kicking around, you're like, oh, contests. You know, nobody ever wins those things really. Yeah. Like somebody does, but it's never me. Um, we've done this before. Yeah. So people have left their reviews yep. and they're kind of like omitted now from this version. So there's, I mean, like in a good way, there's not that many people entering. Right. So right. do it. Like you yeah. actually have a pretty decent shot more than right. most contests. Right. Exactly. And, um, I looked back in our last one and, uh, the, uh, our favorite artist, I think, Jordan Delgadillo, one of our listeners and um, patrons, uh, won last time. So uh, mm -hmm. he can prove to you that you can win a shirt by reviewing the Resistance broadcast. But anyway, guys, here we go. It's time to get into our poll results and not the weirdest on the podcast, the real poll results. And we'll do that right now. Uh, we asked you guys, do you think we'll learn more about live action Star Wars Disney Plus projects 
besides The Mandalorian and Cassian Andor at D23 later this month? Two answers, real simple, yes or no. And this might be the most shocking result uh, to me, but um, 37% of you said, no, we will not learn anything else about other projects besides those two. And 63% of people are expecting news on other projects for Disney Plus live action Star Wars besides The Mandalorian and Cassian Andor. As I just said, guys, I was pretty floored by this. I I think it's a a staunch no just by how they run their operations and there's a lot that they need to market in the the next few months. So how Lacey James, how do you guys feel about the results? Would you vote for and um, were you shocked by how uh, the people voted? I said yes. And the reason because when I went to D23 in 2017, they announced a ton of stuff that wasn't officially announced yet. Um, And they showed a ton of footage and a lot of behind the scenes stuff that nobody ever saw like even now some of the stuff that still didn't come out yet um but then yeah like they just had so much stuff to announce they're they're sealing phones again which they did when i was there they gave you this like weird bag that you put it in and Mm -hmm. then you like glue it shut and they double check that you did it um so i could definitely see them saying something i i think we might get kenobi or solo announced they're trying I to mean, push Disney Plus. They're trying to get people wow. to sign up. Wow. All right. All right. All right. So you're you're with about two thirds of the folks. James, yes. where are you at? I'm with the hard no. Um, yeah, right. Okay. But it and and for all the same reasons that you were saying, you know, I, I just I think they're really putting the focus on Mandalorian and Cassie and Andor. And Cassie and Andor basically is like the place where they can show you. I mean, Mandalorian too. It's like practically we know nothing about it. They could show all this stuff way in advance, you know, for Cassie and Andor specifically. Mm-hmm. And everybody yeah. be like, Oh dude, it was great. And still mm-hmm. walk away from that without needing to show anything else. The only thing that makes me think Lacey might be uh, uh, right on this one is that I think Disney is really trying to ramp up D23 and in a couple years it might be like, ah, they didn't really show us a whole lot or anything like that. But for the, while they're doing it and really trying to make it a big thing, now would be the best time to be like, we're going to start giving them stuff that, you know, we wouldn't ordinarily like to give, Hmm. but we want people to be like, Oh, I wish I would have gone. Okay. You know? So it could be, I I think she does have a good, point they do show a lot of stuff there you know okay i mean that those i i hope you're right Lacey. honestly you know that i mean they that showed would be, the whole first scene of the lion king yeah well yeah i mean without a doubt but you know and it makes me wonder <laughs> if they're using star wars celebration as the we're not announcing stuff but we're showing stuff you know about maybe d23 is the one where we're like we're gonna announce this stuff here uh i don't know but i like i said Lacey, i, I voted no just because I feel like, you know how I feel about how they kind of are with things. Um, and But I hope you're right. I would love, that'd be awesome. That'd be great to hear about it. A Kenobi series finally, or uh, man, a solo thing, I'll do backflips. But anyway. I think I might seriously cry if they announce solo. Oh, I, I think I will too. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, Alden Ehrenreich would cry a little bit too. He'd be like, I'm going to get more money. (laughs) Um, Best comment went to a new podcast uh, out there. So good luck to these guys. Um, Black Series Rebels. 
um, <laughs> at BLK Series Rebels. Sounds interesting. I caught their first episode. It's pretty good. Pretty Indie good, project, right? passion project. They um, <laughs> so I want to give a shout out to uh, Alex Beckett and Rex Ellis. Uh, good luck to you fellas in uh, your pod. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Alex and Steve, uh, obviously OG friends of uh, TRB. Love you guys. And I, honestly, Alex got the most likes. So he, he won the key beat out Evan Harris this week Whoa, for the best what? comment. Evan. So BSR is represented here and they said only Mando, nothing else. They might mention Andor. That's it. So they're going hard. No, not even maybe, maybe only a mention of Andor. So there you go. But um Thank you, fellas. Love you guys. And uh, we'll see you around. But now it's time to get into the Resistance Report. And James Bainey's going to take us through all the stories going on in Star Wars. James, what is up? It's the Resistance. Oh, what's up this week? Lots of news, lots of news. Actually, kind of some interesting stuff to talk about. Okay. Um, this week, uh, Slash Film was talking to uh, the um, the cast member of The Mandalorian, Giancarlo Esposito, uh, famously, obviously, from uh, Breaking Bad. I think most people know him from that. Um, and he just had a couple thoughts about, you know, um, his character and what he's uh, kind of going to be portraying here come the fall. And uh, I'll read the quote really quick. He says, in a way, you might call him an underworld character. You may also look at him as a savior, as someone who might bring back some order to the world after it's all collapsed. Um, And, uh, you know, as we were kind of discussing this in like our article write up is that uh, it seems like Star Wars is really trying to push. There's no good or bad characters. And this falls perfectly like right in, you know, good from a per- certain point of view, bad from a certain point of view. Um, Lacey, I'm starting off with you on this uh, particular thing. Anything stick out to you about this article? Are you, uh, does it get you even more excited for the Mandalorian or just whatever? I'm already pretty super excited. Um, but the thing that makes me kind of interested in this quote is that he's like, Oh, good, bad. Uh, he's trying to bring some type of order. I'm like, eh, that's what usually bad guys in Star Wars say is that they're bringing order or some type of uh, organization to the chaos. And second of all, there's certain actors that play bad guys and then there are certain actors that play good guys. This guy generally doesn't play good guys. He usually right. plays bad guys. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get a guy that's really good at playing a bad guy, you're not going to have him be on the good side. That's all I'm going to mm-hmm. say. That's a good point. Yes. Yes. To me. And I've met him. He's super it, nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, sweet brag. <laughs> she, she, you're supposed to block it like this. I'll just say that. You're oh. supposed to put up two and block it. Hmm. But, um, but no, uh, to me, I actually didn't like the comment because I didn't like the, I mean, it's not so much his comment, but it's like the understanding of like, Oh, he's kind of good from a certain point of view. I get that, but I really wish there were just bad people sometimes. There are. <laughs> I I know, but I'm saying like, I just really wish that they would. Um, I don't know. I, I wish that the, the Mandalorian could be that morally ambiguous character. Like sometimes he may do the wrong thing, but like in a cool way or something. Anti-hero, yeah. But like, 
I, I really want him to, for whatever reason, be that character and then run in to just evil. Yeah. Like, I don't want mm. it to be like, I don't know. I kind of see that guy's point of view. I'm like, no, I want this show to be cool because you have this like Deadpool kind of character who's just fighting what is unanimously voted bad. Yeah. Unanimously. Did I say unanimously? Yeah, I'm like, that yeah, didn't sound right. Like, glossed over potato, it. potato. Okay. Yeah, we know what you meant. <laughs> I was like pausing too. I'm like, that didn't sound right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, nom- you nominate him for an award, right? Yes. Already, right out of the gate. Um, do I get a setup question or I'm just fire away here? No, I mean, I, I yeah, same <laughs> thing with Lacey. Like, does this do anything for you? Yeah, uh, it does in a sense that... Um, it's an actor that uh, is confirmed in a project and he's talking about it. So that's pretty cool. Um, (laughs) You know what it does remind me of it a little bit of how um, Woody Harrelson was talking about Beckett and Woody Harrelson's a little more loose lipped, I guess, because he's just a kind of a casual guy and he's always stoned all the time. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't care. He's like one of those guys that's like, Oh, NDA. He's like, hey, you know, I teach him a few things and I don't know. And they're like, shut up, shut up. He's like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it, it reminded me of like a Beckett thing. He's like, well, I may be good. I may be bad. I'm not really sure about my persona yet. And um, the question is, though, with them doing this uh, volume thing, this uh, like that new CGI room and all that stuff, it's possible mm-hmm. he doesn't know the full extent of what his character is going to completely look like, what his character is going to be completely done via post-production. Maybe he's a, he had to wear the dots and they had to add something to him. We uh, saw him in the footage. Him, yeah. He was, he was in the footage. He had like a flint. Mm-hmm. He was like doing like bad stuff in the, in the footage we saw at oh. celebration. Okay. Then I, then maybe he's just talking about environments then. Cause they can change the environments in like that um, volume chamber room thing. But it doesn't tell me too much, but it almost seems like he's being coy and it's just mm-hmm. one of those things like, am I? I don't know. But I do like the fact that, yes, he plays like dirtbags a lot of the time, but he looks like in, in Breaking Bad, like, oh, there's just this mild matter, nice guy who runs a chicken restaurant. And is he going to play that type of role in Mandalorian where he comes across as a nice guy, but he is like inherently evil? I don't know. But James, I'm with you. I, I don't like I'm- the... I don't like the mi- like mishmash like I'm a gray character thing like yeah, I, I, Star I Wars he's straight up villains. I think he's playing into his character. I think he's he's saying, you know, to his team of stormtroopers and his like people that follow him, they're still trying to bring order to this world and they truly believe that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I said, yeah. But but to me, I think that anybody watching this show isn't... I hope that nobody watching the show is going to see that as like... Um, I don't know, like the uh, an ambiguous thing. You know, like, oh, that he could be cool. Like, I don't know. That just kind of bothers me. I, I think that most people watching the show will just be like, yeah, he's just clearly the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I still think Carl Weathers winds up being the bad guy in the show for some reason. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I think you, that you still think like a Beckett type thing, like a betrayal. Yes. Yeah. But early on. Really? Yeah, hmm. All right. Hmm. Lacey, where, where are you at? 
No, I was just going to say that he just reminds me of uh, Kingpin in Daredevil, where it's like at the beginning you feel for him and you're like, oh, this guy can't be the bad guy. And then he mm-hmm. just snaps and loses it. And then you're like, oh, he's bad, bad. This dude? He's killing a guy with a car door. Like, yeah, like this mm-hmm. guy's not a good guy. And That's I think, what I like, want, man. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. I just think that, um, you know, like we've kind of said a couple times that he thinks what he's doing is right. And I think that oftentimes in the past in Star Wars, ever they keep saying that. Like Kylo Ren, I'm like so Adam Driver that. said that too. I really am so tired of That's, that. I almost said that earlier. Is, is It's kind I of Krennic that, too. Oh. It's just like, like Krennic like, believes yeah, in Krennic, what he's doing. I know, but Krennic was so clearly the bad guy. There was nothing I agree. redeeming I agree. about him. Yeah. I want, I want a Sheev Palpatine where he's like, I know I am the most evil person in the history of this galaxy, and I'm gonna own that. I need. I think Star Wars needs more of that. I want someone who is gonna have zero chance at a redemption arc. I want big evil in Star Wars, and. I don't know if we're going to get it out of the Mandalorian because it may just be one of those every man for himself, uh, like a good, bad and the ugly type of situation. But Star Wars needs more legit, straight up bad, evil villains. Lacey, I actually think you nailed it. I, I think exactly what I want is Krennic, whereas Krennic follows the rules and he's he's doing his way to make it up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Take the rules away from him and he becomes the leader of a gang. You know what I'm mm, saying? Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden he's in this like outworld and he's like, I will be the top and I will do nothing to lose my power. You know, I, yeah. I almost kind of see him as like, um, like they're almost kind of bringing him in like as that Gus kind of character. Yeah. I where, can't like, this see guy him being be so right, dark, being part good. Whereas Carl Weathers, I could see him starting off as a good guy that you think is a bad guy and then turns bad. Oh, no, that guy's 100% good. I'm sold. I no way. Th- I think that Esposito is definitely a bad, bad guy. He, he plays a, bad guys. He, here's how I look at it. That guy's going to be a bad guy, but he's going to be like an Enfys Nest bad guy, but not good. I think Carl Weathers, if you look at that stage, you had Favreau, Filoni, Pascal, Carano, Carano and Carl Weathers. She's going to be with the Mandalorian. You know that. Love interest, yeah. So they had to have had the bad guy on the stage and it's going to be Carl Weathers. He's going to be like, I'll, I'll teach you how to live in this space and we'll do that. And then he's going to stab in the back episode two and they're going to take off and become heated adversaries. That's what I think is going to happen. It's like when I joined the podcast. You betrayed me and then. Oh, we could talk about that later. <laughs> You're so weird, Lacey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. You guys want to talk a little Zori Bliss? Ooh, another is she good or bad character? <laughs> I like her name well, though. I have to say, it's a really cool a- name. Apparently, according to the story, and there are a little bit of spoilers here, but it's all kind of hearsay. I wouldn't say any of this is concrete. This is like coming from people who sometimes get things right. Um, but, uh, but this story is coming in as, uh, that she is a hundred percent a good guy. She's just kind of in the mix a little bit. And, uh, we have, uh, some things saying that she is in fact, the character that's going to help the resistance get off of, um, Kijimi, Kijimi. I think mm-hmm. that's how we're going with the Kijimi, pronunciation of I that thought, planet. I thought it's K-I- Kijimi. 
Kijimi. Kaijimi. Kijimi. Kajimi. Um, but anyway, it's this, this snow planet and that she might actually be the one that kind of helps the resistance get out of a, a sticky situation and get them. Um, but there's also some other things coming out there that saying the, the ship that we're seeing, um, that, uh, in the episode nine trailer is in fact hers. And then obviously we know that people have connected that to, uh, the ship and how it looks like it's the one that's leaving Ray. So then it kind of leads to some speculation of maybe this is how Zori's connected to the story. She's the one who left Ray. And then basically just like fan speculation all over the place. Like, does that mean, you know, it's, it's a family member or like a blood relative, or does that mean that she like saved her from her relatives? I mean, it's kind of going all over the place. John, I'm going to go ahead and start with you on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, does this, does this add to your interest for Zori bliss? Do you think that these could potentially mm-hmm. be on the, on the right path? I think it's possible. I don't understand why JJ Abrams would introduce another character into this fully loaded series of character arcs that he knows he needs to tie up, especially with his track record with finishing things. He needs to finish things. And this is finishing the biggest star Wars franchise or the biggest movie franchise of all time. (laughs) So that's the biggest star Wars, franchise. the biggest star Wars franchise you've ever seen. That's a guarantee. (laughs) Um, But, but so that's gotta be on his mind. So to introduce another new character with someone he's worked with in the past, it has to be someone he trusts, which means the role has to be somewhat significant. You would think, so I do think she is going to play some type of role here. And maybe this does allow him to explore that Ray's past without it being a retcon of what Ryan Johnson wrote in episode eight. We remember JJ Abrams said he wished he could have directed episode eight. He loved what Ryan did. He inspired him to take more risk with nine. JJ liked what Ryan Johnson did. He's not retconning Ray's parentage. That's gone. So this person could have been someone who left her there. Why? Maybe we'll find out in this movie. So I, I'm all behind all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause again, to, to sum up my point, I don't, you know, like return of the Jedi. They didn't introduce a main new good guy character. And cause they had to finish things up. They're not going to introduce a new main good character unless there's a significant reason for them to be a part of this here. So she's not going to be a phasma, a good guy phasma who's just like a dust in the wind. She is going to have a significant role. So I'm buying that whole ship thing. I think when we saw the trailer and we had our, our immediate reaction, I think the three of us said something like that. So uh, I'm on board with it, with that type of thing. So yeah. Lacey, why do you think uh, that this is just a big retcon to Last Jedi? No, I'm just <laughs> That is a tough question, James, that I am not going to answer. But I am going to say that I'm really pumped that Carrie Russell is in this movie. And I think that people often write parts and do things in movies to work with people they like to work with. And I think that this role is kind of made for Carrie Russell, knowing that she could do like fighting roles like the Americans and stuff like that. So that being said, I think that she definitely left Ray on Jakku. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's a period. Bing. So do you think, um, I don't want to get too speculative here because maybe we can do that in a discussion later on, but are you thinking she's someone who has connections to the solos or, or Han or Leia or even, uh, Luke? Um, you know, is there anything like that? Or is it just a thing where she knew her parents and she's like, I'll save you from these drunkards. And like, is it a simple thing or is it a big connectivity thing? 
I don't know that far. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, like, I, like, spe- I, like, yeah, I like going down speculation. Putting my tinfoil hat on. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with Lei and Han. I think mm-hmm. it's tough, though, because you have to get into who Ray is and who her like who her parents are. But I don't know. I just know that I that ship matches the ship that Ray saw in her vision. You know, the, like 50 bucks and like Maz Kanata is going to be like, you got to go to Kajimi and find Zori Bliss. And she'll tell you what you need to know. It's like, damn it, Maz, just tell me yourself. It always sends me to find these people. She's like, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, it's always like, that's a story for another time. It's like, no, this is the last movie, Maz. You need to tell us everything you know. Like, that, that, this is it. Story for another time. This is the time. The time is now. You don't even have your restaurant anymore. You're not doing anything. Her poor cat. She's trade disputes. <laughs> yeah, un- union dispute. Yeah. Union disputes, yeah. Yeah, she's she's trying to get a higher minimum wage for bartenders when she opens up her new restaurant. For all this stuff with Zori Bliss, like, I get, it it makes sense, I guess. You know, you're bringing in (laughs) an ambiguous character that is, um, I I know, that's like my theme tonight. Um, But like, okay, so when Boba Fett was introduced, for instance, he tended to, to err on the side of like, he's one of the bad guys, right? So I think what they're trying to do here is they're like trying to introduce a, bo- a bounty hunter style character that maybe for whatever reason is working for the good guys or tends to lean on the good side just so that they can say all these like bounty hunters out there, they're <laughs> morally ambiguous. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're just, they could go either way. And for whatever reason, this character is just going to be someone who leans on the side of the resistance of the good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, all that makes sense. Uh, you put, you make it her ship. Um, then all of a sudden that answer of like, whoa, who's in the ship? Where's the ship going? All that stuff. It can be answered pretty easily. All this seems to make a lot of sense. The only thing that still kind of like, I just, I want to know, and I know we all want to know, but like, there's this whole thing about how Ray already knew that her parents were in the Jakku desert. Like, and she knew that in her head. Kylo read that from her. She admitted it. They've had this discussion, and that was the that was the clear the air. Her parents are nothing. Yep. So let's move on from it thing. But we're still getting stuff that, and this was like a recent like leak from a book or something where they're like, oh, this confirms that she wasn't born on Jakku and that she was dropped right. off there and stuff. And and so then did her parents take her to Jakku and then both die. I like I, it just the, some of this stuff just is kind of like not lining up, but then also I'm sure as soon as they tell you, you're like, Oh yeah, that all makes perfect. Sense. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> point. James. They thought it out. Yeah. It um, doesn't make sense. It totally doesn't make sense. Kylo says they died in a pauper's grave in the Jakku desert. They're, they're buried, buried in, in a, they're buried in a yeah, pauper's grave. Yeah. They're there. So, I mean, so then you kind of assume that she was raised on Jakku, but then you got this other thing that's saying that or kind of implies that she was dropped off there, which is also another thing that was thought like when we first saw, oh, it looks like somebody dropped her off and left her with. Yeah. In the book, it says she was dropped there and left with him. Yeah. So, so then there's like some conflicting things, which I still tend to believe that what they're telling you in the last Jedi with the whole like that her parents were nothing, all this stuff, that, that stuff is true. That's like a harsh truth. That's not a, you're going to find out later. That was like a lie or it's going to be revealed that that was, I agree. So I'm, I do believe that that's the storytellers telling us that's the truth. Yeah. Um, 
so I don't know. It, it's that that stuff's kind of confusing to me. But just on the subject of Zori Bliss, is it is she on the fighting side of the resistance? Yeah, sure. Is that her ship? Yeah, sure. Is this all going to line up somehow, some way? Yeah, sure. So yeah. that the that's balancing act though is going to be tricky because JJ can make this very simple so that he can focus on the main characters and their uh, arcs and all that thing. So, but if he makes it simple, people may be like, "That was it. That's that's wow." That's a that's lame. Like, oh, she was just someone who found these drunk people tr- mistreating their daughter and took her and dropped her off somewhere else with with Unkar Plot, who she knew from a previous deal. And people be like, that that was it. Uh, all right, but maybe that's all JJ wants to do with it. I don't know. Like, no one will ever know what his original plan was because maybe he had bigger plans for her. But he's following the story as it is true, and I agree that it is true. So, um. Maybe he'll go the simple route. Maybe it'll be complex. We'll find out in four months. But I, I like speculating on this because for once we're speculating on things that don't involve Kylo Ren and Ray, and it's a little refreshing. <laughs> yeah, I often think when it comes to the speculation stuff is sometimes now I know it, it's also did they write the whole story to begin with? We you know I don't know about all that stuff, but um, but sometimes it does kind of feel like. I'm like, hey, there was a guy and he woke up and he was going to go to the store and I'll tell you the rest of the story in one year from now. And then the next year, people make up all these possibilities of where that guy, what happened to him and what he bought at the store and all this other stuff. And then when I come back, I go, yep, he bought an apple and he went home. That's the story. It's just because there was this gap of time, people had the opportunity to kind of like, write their own stories or, or write what they think might happen when ultimately it do, it's not, it doesn't have to take some crazy path. Sometimes this is just the story. Like she was dropped off and then it was just told over three movies and those three movies happen to come out in six earth years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. It doesn't have to be some crazy reveal. It just is the story and we're being delivered it slowly so that it, it lets us hang for a little while and we have some fun with it. I mean, cause at the end of the day, this is all entertainment, right? We shall see. We shall see. Um, Lacey, listen close to this part because you're going to be talking about some ships. Oh, great. My favorite. <laughs> well, like real real we, ships? Yeah. Oh. Real, like boats. Oh. <laughs> now, uh, it is naval, though. Um, so we got... We got some, I, don't, I wouldn't even say like leaks, but there are some um, board games called the Fantasy Flight uh, Game. Is that right? Fantasy Flight Games. Yeah, is the name of the yeah. company. Um, and they make ships and they were, uh, they did a press release, all whole thing with, with these new ships. And uh, one of them is uh, a Star Destroyer type ship. And another one is a Resistance style ship. Um, to get it out of the way quickly, the resistance style ship is a ship that we've seen from other books and things. And this is kind of like the first time we're seeing it like physically in person. Um, I do actually remember when the aftermath series was, you know, the thing to pay attention to. Everybody was, um, really hoping that they would get to see these cause they play a pretty significant role and it is nice now to see them in person. Um, hopefully they do have something to do with episode nine, but the bigger one in, in my opinion is the, the star destroyer kind of thing because it has a specific look 
that was described in a leak or a rumor about the First Order being able to use Death Star technology within their Star Destroyer ships. And now we're kind of seeing the ship. And so it kind of leads into more questions about the potential of what um, the First Order is going to be using as an actual threat. Like, doesn't bit any big uh, evil organization have to have some sort of mega weapon at least you know it's their right hand um so i don't know uh lacy do either one of these ships look interesting do you actually think that that particular ship will show up in episode nine so i have a question i thought these ships weren't necessarily first order ships i thought they were the ships people were rumored that the sith troopers were on is that not right yeah i think that's what they're alluding to that these oh, are like okay. that, that's part of one of the rumors. It it hasn't been revealed what the ships are. They've just said like, like they could their be, name. They could be tied to Palpatine. All right. Yeah. Well, these ships have a big Death Star in the middle of them. That's what that's what this ship is, I guess. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not a big ship person. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big vehicle person, except Millennium Falcon. So to me, it's like okay, ships, cool. That's what they fly on. Mm-hmm. But um. I think the more interesting thing to me is the rumor that they could have Sith troopers on them because supposedly they're like out in the unknown regions, our favorite location. Um, Just like (laughs) not entirely stable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Total like wild space out there with these things, which I wonder how many planets they've destroyed. But if these ships have the ability to destroy planets, like that's a big deal. Yeah. Because the Death Star had to move into position for like 10 minutes in the movie. Right. And then you have uh, Starkiller Base took 15 minutes to charge. So right. I can only imagine that if these things are on the move, like how much damage they could cause. Um, mm-hmm. Starkiller yeah, 2 didn't ever have to move. It could blow up anything in the galaxy from its current position. Death Star 2? No, Starkiller 2. Starkiller 2? <laughs> what, ta- what are you guys talking about? I don't know where the two came from. I said. Oh, I thought you said two. He did. James, what do oh. you know? Oh, did well, you mean like two, like also? Like as a. Yeah. Ah. Starkiller two. I heard two and I was like two. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, know. what do you, what do you know? <laughs> Let's hear it. Did JJ actually do this? <laughs> it's bigger. It's even bigger. J- no, no, no. Uh, Starkiller one yeah. <laughs> didn't have, uh, didn't have to move. It could fire, it could blow up yeah, anything it was, in the galaxy. It was an orbit. It was a, a planet. Yeah, it just yeah. was sitting there. It didn't. It didn't move. Right, but I'm yeah, saying like, like it had. It took 15 minutes to charge. To charge. And all this to stuff. Drain. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But I'm. But I'm adding to that as well as like it was just in one location. So it was. It was the question of like, is it in range? You know, <laughs> which yeah. was like the first Death Star. The de- uh, the planet will be in range, and you know, it's yeah. like, dude, blow the thing up. Like, I, that's the ability of Star Killer. When I think of these things, um, it's almost like. JJ's like, well, I know I can't do a bigger star killer. People are going to make fun of me. I can't do that. <laughs> so he's like, what can I do? He's like, oh, we'll put tennis balls in the middle of Star Destroyers. Um, and they'll be just as powerful as Death, Star- Death Stars because technology gets better over time. And when the TV first came out or the air conditioner first came out or the cell phone first came out, there were these giant, hunky, clunky things. And now we're able to whittle it down to these little things that have the same amount of pack, pack a punch. So that's probably what we have going on here. I don't love the idea, like we talked about this last week, that it's 
Well, Palpatine actually had a third plan just in case the Death Star 2 didn't work out. It's been in since Return of the Jedi all along. It's like, well, I can try to suspend my disbelief of that, but I know that's not true. So I have a little problem with that. But at least, they, like I say, they didn't do another Death Star, so I guess that's cool. And they needed something. Um, I think in my pitch for Episode 9, I had said that they implanted planets with self-destructive devices or something, and that's not as probably cool as what these are going to be. And they're going to be able to sell these as, you know, toys and that sort of thing too. But, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it's fine. I, I don't care. Like Lacey, I, I'm not a big, uh, you know, weapons and type of, I like the, 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 the characters and the stories and those arcs. I think that's what makes star Wars work and makes star Wars, not science fiction. So when you get into the, we got the laser phaser blaster cannon, Lan and Dan, and I'm like, all right, uh, <laughs> let me get those two characters and see what's going on with them. So, I mean, I'm cool with it, but whatever. Just give me Sheevy babes, please. 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 I'm trying to remember what my my thing for the episode nine pitch was. Which super, I super think it was. Vader. Well, no, that was that. But <laughs> it was that there were a bunch of ships all over the all over the galaxy and they could temporarily like shift or like transfer all their energy to one ship mm. or something. Yeah. Uh, and it would like blow up that planet, but then it could like spread back out and then go over to this one. And, and you know what? JJ, JJ and Chris Terrio had this conversation. They're like, all right, so what do we do? Do we do it where <laughs> that's the best part <laughs> is knowing that practically everything that's ever been talked about was legitimately talked about. And it's like, what if we, and then they like, said yes or no. And that was it. If the three of us done. were in, in like Lacey's house right now and she has her like toys, her little death star back there. And like, I grab like a star destroyer and you're, you see like one of her cats, tennis balls on the ground. You're like, dude, what if I put that right in the middle of that star destroyer? And they're eating like pizza, and JD's like, hey, that's, a, "That's a pretty good idea." To be fair, too, that's not the ship. That's, that's the, old Force Awakens artwork. I know, but they always yeah. use that stuff. They yeah. always bring that stuff back. Look at the the underwater concept art that they're uh, probably bringing the back Awakens, with the Death Star. Yeah, yeah. and then um, the the rising the Jakku Desert rising Death Star out of the sand. Like, yeah. you think we're gonna get something like that out of the water? Man, that scene seems very Watchmen to me. It did. It like, definitely, definitely does. Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. And she's like seeing it rise out of the thing, and then she like wakes up, and they're like, "What are you? Are you okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, don't worry about it." Yeah, it's like Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Palpatine was able to like use the Force to take Luke's handcuffs off, and now he can just lift the Death Star and put it back together. <laughs> so it's like to, if they ever did go that route. Like and and JJ has said cuffs are off, right? No pun intended. Um, you know, I no think that, need that doing a dream sequence where really crazy stuff happens would be a really cool way to have visuals and 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 feel like that Force Unleashed thing, but then no consequences. Yeah. What if Ray and Kylo you know? work together to lift it out of the water? Yeah. Mm. Like one person can't do it, but what if two people do it? I don't want to yeah, be like, lifted uh, out of the water. Like How about Finn that? and Ray. Sure. Because like, we're just talking what ifs crazies, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Right now. What if? Like non-possibilities. Just uh, as long as somebody doesn't <laughs> just as long as somebody doesn't crazy. lift it and drop it on Chewie, <laughs> I don't care what they do with it. <laughs> I do think I do think if they did uh, if they do the redemption thing and they're and Kylo is there and they do some sort of like the two of them 
raise, it would be very Kanan and Ezra to me. So I would mm-hmm. be cool with it. It they're would. Definitely. It totally would. They're definitely doing the redemption thing. Like, let's not like be oh, maybe they're gonna. Like they once I they need say- to go back to listen to our episodes to all the times John said no. Yeah, way. but you have to be fair. You have to be fair. Palpatine was not in the equation at that time. So my I'm argument pretty was sure valid. at one point I said, but what if we get a bad guy? Like a big bad guy. And I said, if they introduce a new new big bad guy, that'd be stupid. And they're not. They're bringing back the greatest bad <laughs> guy need, of all time. I need to go back and find it. I'm going to do it. Everything is consistent with what I say because I'm very careful about how I approach these things for that reason specifically. But now that Palpatine's right. back, uh, I think JJ is a coward and he's going to redeem Kylo Ren. <laughs> oh my God. And that, sorry, buddy. <laughs> and we're all going to be, we're all going to be, uh, satisfied in a word. <laughs> in a word. Hey, uh, we're, we're running low on time, but w- one of the other things I wanted to talk about is the Hasbro triple force Friday merchandise. Yes. Is yes. To come here this to is the, interesting. United States. Yes. Yeah. I love toys. I almost have nothing to, to say about this. John, if you have something, I know Lacey is probably I'll like, let Lacey go first on this one because she likes and toys and I definitely have something I need to say about it for sure. Wait, something about me liking toys or something about toys in general? No, I'm saying since you are probably the biggest merch person out of the three of us, uh, why don't you fire away your thoughts on um, this right now? First. Well, I mean, it, th- this article slash post online was done by Yakface, who's a great Twitter account that gives you all updates on all toys. Um they said that they had gotten news from someone that stuff had already started shipping from China and Vietnam to America, which totally makes sense. This stuff takes time. They put them on big ships. They ship them over. It makes sense that things are going out. I'm not surprised at all. They get this stuff way earlier than when it goes out. That's why you see leaks and people put stuff out early. Um, The only thing that shipped really were the lightsabers, like the play sabers. So I guess the only question is, is there a play saber that's not a character we know of? Like... But I don't think they'd give that away on Triple Force Friday. I think you're going to get stuff yeah. that you would know on Triple Force Friday since it is October, end of September, mm-hmm. October. Um, there is a Black Series leak, too. There is? What was it? Yeah. Uh, Mandalorian and um, some, like, two characters from Mandalorian, two characters from Fallen Order, uh, Ray and Kylo Ren from The Last Jedi. And, or sorry, uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker and one other property, but it was like two characters from that thing. I no. can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And and Ray comes with uh, Dio packaged inside. Um, I can look it up, but but yeah, it's. I didn't that, see that. That doesn't part. give I anything s- away. I only saw the playsaver part, but I would imagine yeah. that all the toys that they're going to have that are going on Triple Force Friday are going to be things that don't give anything away. And if it does, yeah. you're not going to realize it until after the movie's out. Yeah. So, yeah. like the last big merch day I remember with Star Wars was when The Phantom Menace came out and merch was insane. Like, you even had like famous people like Leo DiCaprio in lines at Toys R Us to pick up the new Star Wars figures. And that was fine because it was a prequel and we kind of knew what the end game of the story was. So you don't, you know, you know, you're going to get a little kid Anakin and you know all that, that Sidious is the emperor. So, you know, that's okay. With this stuff where you're going forward, you have to be very careful. And this is where J.J. Abrams comes in. Because now that he's back, he he has a lot of say over 
like what they do with this stuff. He doesn't care if they need to sell merch. Like he wants to protect the integrity of the content of this final movie. So he may like put his foot down and say like, you cannot release this or you cannot make this until after this certain time or whatever. And that's, that is a complete, that's definitely true. And if you go back to TFA, we kind of all assumed, at least I did like that girl's not just carrying around a staff. She's going to be, end up being the Jedi. Like, but but they they, didn't have a lot of toys of her and they, right. And they did not show her with a lightsaber at all. And right. they skipped that whole holiday season when they could have sold billions of Ray with a lightsaber and they and didn't do it. And people freaked out that she right. wasn't in anything. And they didn't, they didn't do it. And they did that on purpose to save the integrity of that moment in the movie where she finally does it. Yeah. That's going to happen again. So we're, we, we will see lightsabers, but it's going to be the Skywalker lightsaber with the new Band-Aid thing on it. And it's going to be Kylo Ren's lightsaber. And that's going to be it. And then you're going to see stuff that we see in promos. You're going to see Finn's new... Bla- or his blaster for that blaster. he got from Han and all that stuff. And well, you know, you'll get your clawed puppets oh, maybe the, and the bow, the Jana bow. You'll get your Han Hans. Gotta love the Han Hans. I'll say it again. <laughs> Han Hans. You'll get your Han Han toys. <laughs> and uh, so that that type of stuff. So I think JJ really has a lot of influence over this stuff. So I think less than maybe The Last Jedi and less than the other movies, there's going to be a lot of protection here. But I'd watch out for the Lego sets. Those ones usually, like I said last week, when you get the box and you're like, these people are on Pasana and you can like pin them there in the movie. Right. I think that, that might be a game changer. Yeah, um, do you guys sense. want the list of that? I was so it was Cal and the second sister from Jedi Fallen Order. Makes sense. Uh, the Mandalorian and IG Eleven from The Mandalorian, and then it was four from Rise of Skywalker with Ray and Dio in one pack, and Ky- and Kylo Ren, and then also the other two are this is very boring, but First Order Trooper and uh, Sith Troopers. Who was Kylo mm. Ren? Kylo Ren was with Dio and Ray. No, by himself. No, Ray is with Dio. And then Kylo Ren is a character. Is they he would masked? never pick the, the only benefit is that Dio comes with Ray. Is it's Kylo Ren masked in his figure? Or does he have the it's the show? Or it just oh. it's a list of names. It's not right. well. Like, that that's that's a, if you, and if you want to avoid leaks, um, just be careful what you look at on Reddit and that sort of thing. Because people will be posting screenshots of merch. But so I wonder if Ray built Dio. Oh, I don't know. Because in the Force Awakens toys, Ray came with BB-8 in all the packs. And then now, because BB-8's probably back with Poe for this last movie, and he's with her too, but mostly probably with Poe, I wonder if the, in this time jump, she builds her own droid. Because we know she's good at machines and, and, and maybe engineering and stuff like that. We learned that from the first movie, that she's mm. good with plus like technical he, stuff. Plus, he seems like not a droid that comes from like an industrial planet. Yeah. He just right. seems like it a seems throw like, together droid. Right. That she could have just found yeah. pieces around a base or something. Yeah. Or yeah. it's been a year and someone else. Knows book it. Ray built Dio. Like I don't, th- I don't, I, I disagree with that book. It. I cancel that book. It. Okay. I'm keeping it. <laughs> book it. All right. I subscribe to pizza huts. Book it. Um, all right john we're running low on time so how fast can you get through the scoundrels rundown this fast punch it punch it all 
Okay, guys, The Secrets of the Jedi by Mark Summerack is coming in Punch November. It. It's going to be a book that is told through the eyes of Luke Skywalker about the history of the Jedi from the Old Republic all the way through to Rey. And it's going to be through his eyes and how he sees things and his certain point of view. But... If he's going back thousands and thousands of years, it's pretty clear that he did read those sacred Jedi texts. So he did care about them. Good for you, Luke. Good for you. Uh, but that will be out in November. And uh, check it out by Mark Summerack. That'll be out exactly one month before uh, The Rise of Skywalker on preview nights. Um, next, Star Wars Myths and Fables by George Mann. Uh, it's in-universe storytelling, so picture people in Star Wars telling stories about Star Wars. Kind of like the Adventures of Luke Skywalker book little strange, a little weird. One story, though, uh, not to be too spoilery, is going to involve uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi taking down a creature that he may have done an impression of one time. So you can piece those together. Uh, the next Star Wars book discussions is a new video going on on our channel by Kyle Larson and some other dude. Uh, so go check those out. Their reviews, uh, video reviews of our books. I'm just kidding. It's James and uh, Kyle Larson. And they uh, get together. They talk about books. And it, James looks like exactly like he looks right now, except there's Kyle Larson next to him. So there you go, guys. And that is it for the Scoundrels Rundown. I hope it was quick enough for you. But now we're going to send it to Lacey to see what you guys had to ask us and Ask the Resistance. So, Chewy, get us out of here. All right, guys, it's time for Ask the Resistance. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? You've got Star Wars questions. Hopefully, we have some pretty good Star Wars answers. The first question comes from Michael Boussard Jr. at Rebel Awakening, and he asks, I came across the image on Pinterest yesterday, uh, this image, and it got me wondering, will we see the destruction of the Millennium Falcon at the hands of Kylo Ren in The Rise of Skywalker? Hashtag blow that piece of junk out of the sky. <laughs> Can I tell you that's one of my favorite lines in The Last Jedi? And I laugh so hard every time I see it. Um, he's very angry. So the art, just so you guys know, the art is, it's like Kylo Ren. He's kind of on, I don't know what kind of planet that is. It's like a rocky planet. And the Millennium Falcon's flying towards him. And he's got his hands up like he's using the force. And it's being literally ripped in half. Um, I saw this because like 16 Is that people the Death Star behind him. I don't know. Nope. I don't know. Uh, don't know. but first of all, it's really well done. Very beautiful piece. Uh, and it's, it's unofficial, right? This is a fan art. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Right. It's a fan art. I, I feel bad that I don't know who did it. Cause I had no joke, like 20 people tag me in this photo. And Lacey. so I sh should know who did it. What? It was me. No, it wasn't. No. Um, so, will we see him des destroy the Millennium Falcon? No, never. That thing's not going anywhere. Guys, they just parked that thing in Galaxy's Edge. They're not going to destroy it. That makes no sense Yeah. in the, in, in the world of Star Wars that you're going to destroy a ship and then magically go into a Disney park and there it is. Surprise! So, if anything, <laughs> that thing will fly off and you'll never see it in the movies again, which, again, will never happen. But it will never get destroyed because it is like the big piece of galaxy's edge all right next is blog of the hut <laughs> at blog of the hut and he asks ray's awakening in the force occurred as she left jakku is it possible that is it possible that her staying on jakku was holding her back from her force potential not necessarily anything on the planet but maybe her attachment making a mental block that disappeared when she left 
James, what do you think? You know, I've never thought about this. This is a good take, Blaga. Um, I think that's really interesting. The only the only thing about this um, that I think makes it possible is the fact that, because if it was just a planet or just a desert planet, then I'd say no. But there is a lot of stuff. There's tie-ins to Jakku as far as like the, the contingency plans, um, observatory and Sith relics potentially being there as well. And so there is a possibility to me that maybe there's something um, deep in the plan that is like when there's an observatory, there's like not really force abilities being able to be used on this planet. Um, I don't think that's going to be like a major plot point for Ray. I think that like years down the line in like a comic or something when someone's like, God, I don't even know what to write about, but I got to write a story about Ray. Um, they might come up with something that says, you know, Hey, this was, this was, you know, part of the reason maybe that she was even dropped off on Jakku in the first place is because they knew that this person had potential and they put her there. And like, that was, that's never the plan with JJ, but like, sure it works. Like you could write that story that technically works. It just makes JJ's story better. Um, when that was never really his intention, but like somebody's, you know, standing on the shoulder of giants, like making it better just by adding a little more detail to it later down the line. Uh, but that is a, that is a good point. So then as soon as she gets off of the planet and she gets away from like the, the Sith relics that are buried deep in the, the sand. Yeah. Then maybe all of a sudden something happens. So, uh, here's hoping I kind of like that idea. I think that could be cool. Nice. nice. Uh, nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Next is Darth Del Rio at Darth Rio. And he asks, or she, sorry, he or she, uh, asks, they, they, uh, what do you think of Lucasfilm making non-Star Wars or Indiana Jones films? John. I think it's great. I think it's um, for a lot of reasons. One, obviously, I'm a big fan of um, American Graffiti. Uh, even J.W. Rensler, who um, was on our podcast, it's probably one of my favorite guests we've had, said that was um, his, in his eyes, part one of a trilogy with Star Wars being part two uh, in terms of uh, movie making and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I think Lucas himself got lost in Star Wars, where I think he wanted to do other things, but Star Wars kind of just became this huge thing. And then Indiana Jones happened. But I think his intention was always there to make different films. But now that George is gone, what's good about them making other movies, like they, the one they uh, just recently took over, Children of Blood and Bone, which uh, they're going to have um, Rick uh, Famuyiwa, the guy who is directing some of the Mandalorian episodes and potentially Cassian Andor is directing this. So they obviously trust this guy. I think that's going to be telling because you can rest on Star Wars and Indiana Jones as a crutch with nostalgia and say, look, we can still make these great movies. But if you make a new product, and that'll be a good measure for fans to see how good Lucasfilm is at creating movies without that crutch. So it'll be a good test uh, to see what they're really capable of over there from you know production down to creativity. So I think that's a really good thing. So when this movie comes out, if it's a stinker, Maybe some questions on what's going on over there. So, but if it's a really good movie, then you could say, "All right, they got the right team over there, and they know what's going on." So, 
I think it's great. And from beginning to American Graffiti to now, for all those reasons, uh, I think it's A1 uh, fantastic. So uh, 100% behind it. Love it. And I hope they churn out uh, plenty of other good products besides uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Great answer, John. No. Excellent job. Uh, Next is Talzin at Alderon Nicola. Hello. Uh, She asks, do you think that there will be any females, human or alien, amongst the Knights of Ren? And John made sure to write, bing, bang, boom, answer very quickly. (laughs) Get it done. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yes for me too. Patron Commander Nicola, I say yes as well. Nice. Well done. Uh, And last but not least is Rob Bartlett at rb 7 R-A, oh, it's just rads, R-A-D-S. He asks, my five-year-old daughter asked me in the car today, what's the funniest thing in Star Wars? Um, The Force is telling me that your daughter's name is Thea. Hi, Thea. How are you? (laughs) Um, I know. I'm like really good at the Force, I guess. <laughs> we did a we did a Kessel run on the funniest moments. If you want to go back and check it out, Rob. I funny story. Not to interrupt the question, I sent that video to him because he DM'd us this question. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, Rob, I'm going to answer your question right now, uh, and my answer is Spicy. when R two D 2s on the barge in Return of the Jedi, and he's serving drinks. I stand by. I that. think. I think my. Uh, out of the four that I did, the one that got the most response is the, uh, are you kidding me? I am blind. <laughs> um, funniest moment. I don't know if I have, I really, it's, it's hard for me to say the funniest moment. I would say maybe, um, which was rogue one, by the way, I don't yeah. if, if someone's think, sitting there going like, how do I know that line? But like, I can't place what he's talking about. It's in rogue one. It's cheer it. That says it. I'll pick two. The- I'll pick Yoda screwing with Luke when he goes, take you to him. I will. And he does that crazy laugh because he's testing his patience mm-hmm. or, um, uh, <laughs> Luke saying, Hey, sacred Island, watch your language uh, to R2D2. <laughs> That's the a good Jedi. one. But yeah, I uh, loved when yeah. Ray chopped the, stone in half and it rolled down the hill and broke the cart for the fish nuns and yeah, they just do upset. this like yeah <laughs> and and it, han saying oh really you're cold to chewy like a lot of han and chewy stuff yeah, yeah. i don't um, know that r2 one gets me every time where c3po is like what are you doing he's like that is serving drinks and he's like really i can good. see you're serving drinks. that is really good thea uh <laughs> thank you so much for being uh one of our youngest parts of the resistance and rob uh thanks for messaging us man Nice. I keep saying that. Nice. Nice. Uh, nice. So if you guys want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN and send us all your Star Wars questions with hashtag AskTheResistance. Back to you, John. Hey, guys. If you want to find out every way you can be a part of the Resistance broadcast experience, I want you <laughs> to do this after the episode, as long as you're not driving. Don't do that. Go to resistancebroadcast.com. Hit enter, and then you'll find out everywhere that you can subscribe and listen to us. You can find out where to get our merch. You can find out how to become a patron. And you'll be right on our website, starwarsnewsnet.com, which you should be going to every day anyway, especially as things are heating up for your latest news, (laughs) reviews, editorials, information, and all that stuff. So resistancebroadcast.com. Check it out. You can subscribe to us everywhere. 
Even if you want to subscribe to us to every platform and be the ultimate TRB fan, do it. And leave us that five-star review. Send us the screenshots at RBATSWNN with hashtag Rate the Resistance and get yourself entered to uh, win a t-shirt like I talked about earlier. I do want to say uh, for our patrons, a special thank you to our Patreon generals. And we're looking at Carmelo, Brian Shalito, Andrew Staley, Len Brown, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, and Val Trichkoff. Generals, we salute you. If uh, you do want to become a part of the Resistance Broadcast Patreon page, um, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Tiers start at $2 a month, and we take pride in being a very active Patreon page in terms of content because we want to make it worth your guys' while. So thank you all for your support and your continued support. And most importantly, share our episodes with people you know because apparently we put out a thing asking people how do you found out about the Resistance Broadcast. A lot of people said word of mouth and they heard it from a friend or someone else who likes Star Wars podcasts. Believe it or not, a lot of people don't know about us. So just send a video or one of the clips or one of your links that you have of us to a friend and uh, let's keep growing the resistance. Thank you guys so much. You guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and editing and writing over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James, how about you, man? I find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks, as well as on Star Wars Newsnet book discussions. Thanks for mentioning that earlier. What you didn't actually mention real quick is that A Crash of Fate also came out this week, Ooh. same day as the uh, Fables book. And if all things go well, there actually should be a new episode of book discussions coming out wow. tomorrow with me and Kyle talking about A Crash of Fate. So check that out. Nice. Lacey. You can find me on Twitter at Lacey Gillerin and on Instagram. Nice. And on our Patreon. Sure. Killing it. <laughs> With their outpost. Killing it. <laughs> um, guys, I want to thank you so much for listening, watching. And uh, Thursday, we're bringing back the Kessel Run, where we're going to run down the 12 most heroic moments in Star Wars movie history so enjoy your weeks and we'll see you guys on thursday morning with another episode right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids